Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Cars, the copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Attention all Los Angeles County Sheriff's Cars, broadcast 113, regarding a murder, a body found in Mint Canyon, face mutilated with a shotgun, that's all, rolls and quits. Over the 
day they met the south. I went from there to the coast. I am Louis Blanco. I was having a hard time in Los Angeles. The country gave me food and they had me work now and then, but I didn't ever have enough to eat. My wife was in the insane asylum in Scotland. I didn't know many people in Los Angeles except her relatives. So I left for Arizona on April 10th. My sister lives in Slope, and I hope maybe I could get it down there. At least I could eat. I'm John Vittori. Louis Blanco is my brother-in-law. That is his wife and my wife and sister. He disappeared a month ago. Last thing he told me he was going to San Francisco to look for work. Now his wife is well enough to get out of Platinum, and he's got to sign the papers. We can't find him anywhere. So I reported him to the police as a missing person. I hope they find him. Certainly he ain't going to sign for his wife's release. I've got too many miles to beat now with my own wife and the kids. Thus are the three chief protagonists in this drama of greed and violence. The warlord has spoken. The action has already begun in a lonely canyon in the foothills with the passages. And now the curtains part in the first scene in the office of Captain William Bright, head of the homicide squad for Bangladesh County Sheriff's Office, as the telephone goes. Homicide, guard speaking. Yes, sir. Examine the body and see what else you can find on it. Yes. Uh, 
Who found the body? This young fellow here. Hired man on the ranch. Oh? Uh, you found the body? Yes, sir. I, I was out hunting him, and I stepped right on the body. He liked to scare the daylights out of me. When is this? This morning. I told the boss about it right away. And he called you fellas. Looks like he's been dead 24 hours. You had any shots yesterday? Why, no. Come to think of it, believe I did. I was out looking for a stray cow. I heard a couple of shots. What time was this? Mm, about 11 o'clock yesterday morning. I didn't pay no attention to the shots because I figured somebody else was out hunting. Did you see anyone around here? Well, no, but, but about 15 minutes later, I was walking along a back road on the way back to the ranch. I didn't find the cow, you see. And a fellow passed me in a car going west. That the corridor somewhere? Yes, sir. What kind of a car was it? It was uh, an Epic sedan. Did you notice the license number? No, I didn't. What color was it? It's uh, blue. Only kind of faded and it had a black top. Here's some more papers I found on the body, Captain. Uh-huh. These were in his hip pocket. Thanks. Let's see. Well, according to these papers, this man is Jose Diego. Released from the Arizona State Penitentiary at Florence on May 12th. Today's the 24th. Well, if his body is Diego, he enjoyed just 12 days of freedom. And if it's a little Blanco, how did he get possession of Jose Diego's parole papers? Well, it seems that the answer to that lies in this John Vittori. Well, I want you to go to 602 Cell Avenue and bring in John Vittori. By the time you get him, the body will be in the morgue. Take you there for an identification and bring him to my office. Yes, sir. Over there. Yes, sir. I want you to follow through on fingerprinting this body. Send the classification to the Arizona Penitentiary at Florence for a check against the Prince of Jose Diego. Come on now, step on his voice. We've got one corpse with two identities. I don't like mysteries when they're that mysterious. <laughs> Over the fingerprints of course, Morel picked up John Vittori of the Jealous Street Address. At the morgue, Vittori identifies the body as his brother-in-law, Louis Blanco. Then Vittori leads the officer to Blanco's rooming house on Yale Street. The Mexican landlady greets them at the door. Ah, buenos dias, Senor Vittori. Have you heard from that brother-in-law of yours who owes me so much back for him? Yes, Mrs. Gonzalez. I've heard of him. He's been murdered. Murdered? This man is in the sheriff's office. He wants to go to Louis's room. Well, no. But who is going to pay his back rent? Are you, Senor Vittori? You know I ain't got no money. This is Gonzalez. You know whether Blanco had a gun? A gun? Oh, no. He didn't have no gun. Did he have an automobile? <laughs> an automobile? Where would he get the money for an automobile when he owed me three months' rent? Are his things still in his room? Oh, yes, yeah, such as they are. He didn't have very much. I'd like to take a look in there. Uh, he's just down the hall here. Yeah. He said when he went away that he was going to get a job in San Francisco. And now he comes back and murdered. Yeah, that's what he told me, too. He was going to Frisco to get a job. Here's his room. Oh, that's pretty bare. No clothes. Oh, no, he didn't have no clothes. Only what he wore. An old magazine? There are some letters in the drawer there. Oh, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. A letter from Mrs. Rosita Tapoca, Globe, Arizona. You know who this is, Mr. Vittori? I think he had a sister in Globe. That's fine. Well, come along. Where are we going now? Down to headquarters. The captain wants to ask you some questions. Mm-hmm. 
story? Where do you live? 602 Still Avenue. Do you know Louis Blanco? Yeah, my brother-in-law. Is the body you saw at the morgue that of Louis Blanco? Mm. I think so, but it's hard to tell. When did you see Blanco last? Mm, about six weeks ago. Told me he was going to San Francisco to look for work. We've been looking for him. His wife, my wife's sister, has been in the insane asylum in Platinum. She's ready to come out. But Lewis has to sign the papers to get her out. I asked the police to look for him. Yes, we have the missing persons report right here. Oh, you know all about that already, huh? Sure. It's pretty fair in this office. Fair in this office. Now, uh, what kind of a car do you drive? Ah, drive an Essex and a Star, boy. All in Essex, huh? Yes, sir. What the air? 
Charles R. Burns, Sheriff, Grove, Arizona. Sheriff Charles R. Burns, Grove, Arizona. Deputy Sheriff Sepulveda and Morrell arrive late tomorrow to question Blanco. Many thanks for your cooperation. W. Bistaloo, Sheriff, Los Angeles County. Yes. 
And that body you saw in the morgue, you're satisfied that is your brother-in-law, Louis Blanco. Sure. That's him, as far as I can tell. So it looks like his hands and looks like his clothes, too. Mm-hmm. Then you say it was him. Sure. Bring in your man, Ralph. Yes, sir. Come on in. You know this fellow, the toy? Oh, hello, Louis. Here. I'm glad to see you. I thought you were dead. I am not dead. I was asleep. Yes. What were you scared about? Somebody tried to get me. They got the wrong guy. They put my name in his pocket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what the officers and me are trying to find out about. Did you write this identification card, Blanco? No. I never tried it before. Well, who do you think wrote it? No, you were the very son-in-law. Nobody knows he's Justin Jones' family. Nobody knows he's in my family. Oh, Justin Jones' family. That's right. Did the story ever talk to you about an insurance policy? Yes. He comes to me one day and asks me to take out his policy so he could get a job with the insurance company. He said he'd pay for it, so I said, okay, this is what is helping. That ain't so. Well, uh, did you ever get the policy? No. And who's the beneficiary? My wife. How much was the policy for? Yes, sir. 
His wife's boy by a former marriage. Yeah. Well, it looks as though Mr. Bacchetti planned to make a lot of dough on his family. However, I doubt if we can use that as evidence against him. You see, it's hard to establish intent, even though Victoria had his nephew in line for the next killing. In a few short days, the case of John Victoria is ready for the case of John Victoria is ready for prosecution and handed over to the office of district attorney, Duran Fitch, who characterized it as magnificently prepared. In December 1933, the Victoria brought to trial in Department 26 of Superior Court before Judge Adler. The prosecution faces its argument that the jury murdered Jose Diego for $3,000 worth of insurance upon three circumstantial facts. The first, the jury's car was seen by a witness where the murder occurred. The second, the jury consistently misspelled the word Yale in the manner in which it was spelled on the identification card found on the body. The first, the jury forged applications for $3,000 worth of insurance upon the life of Louis Blanco and named himself his beneficiary. The jury finds the defendant guilty of murder in the first degree. And Judge Aguilar sentences the jury to hang by the neck until death, which sentence was carried out at San Quentin at dawn on December 6, 1935. Four boys and girls listen to calling all cars and to any other program heard over this station. And the Rio Grande Oil Company is glad to cooperate with local police authorities in crime prevention by impressing the youthful mind that crime does not pay. To further enlist boys and girls on the side of law and order, Rio Grande offers a complete junior detective outfit absolutely free of charge to its young A police guard, handcuffs, pistol belt and holster, fingerprint outfit, and many other free gifts. Ask any independent dealer selling Rio Grande cracked gasoline for a free copy of the Calling All Cars News, which contains the story and pictures of the crime with her tonight, and tells how you may get your complete junior police outfit without charge. Rio Grande is proud to take the leadership in this junior police crime prevention movement. Remember, Rio Grande cracked gasoline today powers more police cars, fire engines, and emergency equipment than any other brand.